greatest event in modern history is soon to occur. Will you and your family be ready for this event? You should be, if indeed you are praying daily, your kingdom come. This coming event will replace the United Nations. This coming event will transform a sick and dying world into a healthy, prosperous, and peaceful world. This event is Christ's second coming. Yes, the second coming of the Messiah, who will return as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The Messiah, Jesus Christ, came the first time to preach the gospel of the coming kingdom of God. He came the first time to become the Savior of the world by shedding His blood for your sins and mine, that we might be forgiven. When did Jesus come the first time? Was it on December 25th or was it in September? And why will He come again? You need to know. Stay tuned. Warm greetings to all our friends around the world. Our sorrowful, war-torn world needs a transformation. It needs the second coming of Jesus Christ the Messiah to this earth. When we think of all the terrible evils, conflicts, and wars around the world, we pray daily, Your Kingdom Come. World War I, with its deadly mustard gas and tragic trench warfare, killed more than 35 million soldiers and civilians. World War II caused the deaths of nearly 60 million soldiers and civilians. If we include deaths from disease and famine related to the war, the death toll exceeds 80 million. In the end of the war, two nuclear bombs alone dropped over Japan in August of 1945, instantly killed more than 100,000 Japanese, and led to the eventual deaths of another estimated 100,000 or more. Many thousands more were disfigured for life. And now we see deadly conflicts in Syria, Iraq, and the Ukraine. Malaysian commercial flight number 17 was shot down by a missile over the Ukraine, killing 283 passengers and 15 crew members. This incident occurred barely four months after another Malaysian Air Flying's flight number 370 mysteriously disappeared on March 8th. It's 227 passengers and 12 crew members, all presumed dead. 130 were killed by Islamic terrorists in Paris on November 13, 2015, with 32 more killed in a suicide bombing in Brussels a few months later. On June 28, 2016, three suicide attackers opened fire at Ataturk Airport in Turkey, killing 44. The Ebola disease has killed multiple thousands in Western Africa. Droughts, wildfires, floods, volcanoes, and earthquakes add to the instability of our age. When will it all end? What is the solution? The solution, my friends, is the second coming, the return of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, to this earth. He taught us to pray for the coming kingdom, or government of God on this earth. 
That kingdom will replace all the carnal, despotic, greedy, and self-serving governments around the world. But when will that great event take place? What are the signs of Christ's second coming? On today's program, we'll answer those questions. On Tomorrow's World, we encourage you to read your own Bible. God has revealed to all of us the dramatic events in this end time and the future beyond. Regular viewers of Tomorrow's World are familiar with the greatest announcement in modern history. In the future of most of you living, let's first of all understand that God Almighty has the power in the universe. He controls the universe. He knows every astro body by name. He created the distant galaxies and the glory of the heavens. Christ Himself sustains all things, the universe, by the word of His power, as it tells us in Hebrews 1, verse 3. God challenges puny human beings. To whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and see who has created all these things, who brings out their host by number. He calls them all by name. By the greatness of His might and the strength of His power, not one is missing. That's in Isaiah 40, verses 25 and 26. The Messiah, Jesus Christ, is called the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9, verse 6. He will return with all the power of the universe in His authority to establish His government over all nations of the world. And He will teach the world the way to peace. So what will be the greatest announcement in modern history? Turn in your Bible to Revelation 11, verse 15. Regular viewers of tomorrow's world are familiar with the prophetic sequence of events. God gives this announcement from heaven at the conclusion of the one-year day of the Lord. Revelation 11, verse 15. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. My friends, the only solution to our mad, mad world is the establishment of a one-world government, and that ruled by Jesus Christ coming back to this earth as King of kings and Lord of lords. When will Christ return? When should we expect the second coming? Perhaps we can learn from the Messiah's first coming. When was He born in Bethlehem? Some of you may be familiar with the prophet Daniel's 70-week prophecy. The Jews of the first century and the time leading up to the first century were aware of Daniel's prophecy. Turn in your Bible to Daniel, the ninth chapter. Here is described the famous prophecy referring to the Messiah's first appearance. Daniel 9, verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the Most Holy. Who was to make reconciliation for iniquity? Many scriptures testify that the Messiah would die for the sins of the world so that we might be forgiven. John the Baptist testified, referring to Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. It tells us in Ephesians 1, verse 7, In Him, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, 
according to the richness of his grace. Yes, Daniel's prophecy revealed one of the major purposes of the Messiah was to make reconciliation for iniquity. My friends, you can be forgiven for all your sins through the blood of Christ. But there are requirements, as Jesus himself made clear. He said, repent and believe in the gospel. That's in Mark 1, verse 15. Then the apostle Peter told the masses of people on the day of Pentecost, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. My friends, if you've come to that place in your life where you have repented and want to be baptized, we have representatives in many regions around the world that are available for counsel. Notice according to Daniel's prophecy, when the Messiah was to begin his ministry, Daniel 9, verse 25, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem, until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. That's a total of sixty-nine weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublesome times. As most Bible scholars understand, a day in prophecy represents a year in fulfillment. You can refer to Ezekiel 4.6 and Numbers 14.34. So when, according to the seventy weeks prophecy, was the Messiah to appear and begin his ministry? We'll answer that question in the next part of our program. But first, I'd like to offer you this free vital booklet titled, 14 Signs Announcing Christ's Return. This booklet will give you the biblical signs and trends leading up to the second coming. Listen to these signs. A crisis strikes Jerusalem. The abomination of desolation. Heavenly signs in the day of the Lord. This informative free booklet, 14 Signs Announcing Christ's Return, will help you in your study of the Bible and Bible prophecy. Let me tell you how to receive your free copy. Call the number displayed on the screen and ask for 14 Signs Announcing Christ's Return. You can also order online at TWCanada.org. We're happy to send this to you at no cost because this information is invaluable. Many believe that Christ could return at any moment. He gave many signs that must take place first. You need to know what to watch for. Don't wait. Call now or visit us online to get your free copy. If you missed our contact information, don't worry. I'll be back to give it again later. In the first part of our program, we saw the awesome announcement recorded in Revelation 11, verse 15. This inspiring prophecy describes the greatest announcement in all of history when loud voices from heaven will proclaim, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. Yes, there will be a future second coming. But when did the Messiah come the first time? Daniel's 70 weeks prophecy reveals the answer. As we saw in the first part of our program, the Messiah would begin His prophesied mission after 69 prophetic weeks. As we saw earlier, a day in prophecy is equal to a year in fulfillment. Since there are 69 weeks leading up to the Messiah, there are 69 weeks times 7 days per week, or 483 prophetic years. But when did the prophecy begin? Many scholars refer to the decree of Artaxerxes in Ezra 7, verses 11 through 28, 
which was given historically in 457 B.C. Moving forward 483 years from B.C. to A.D., we subtract 457 from 483, and we come to what appears to be 26 A.D. However, since there is no year zero, going from B.C. to A.D. mathematically requires adding one year. Thus, the Messiah was to begin His ministry in 27 A.D. How old was Jesus when He began His ministry? Just after John baptized Jesus in the Jordan River, Luke writes in chapter 3, verse 23, that Jesus Himself began His ministry at about 30 years of age. So, when was Jesus born? If we subtract 30 years of age from 27 A.D., we come to 4 B.C., since there is no year zero. What time of the year was Jesus born? Was He born on December 25th? Most scholars admit that the flock of sheep described in Luke 2, verse 8, would not have been out in the cold Judean hills that time of year. Further, consider the fact that when Mary, Jesus' mother, had just become pregnant with Jesus, her cousin Elizabeth was six months pregnant with John the Baptist. That's Luke 1, verse 36. John was conceived shortly after Zacharias, his father's scheduled priestly service in the temple. Considering the dates of Zacharias' temple service, scholars have calculated that Jesus would have been born within two weeks either side of the Feast of Trumpets, which was on Saturday, September 20th, 4 B.C., on the Gregorian calendar. The Biblical Feast of Trumpets reveals the meaning of the seven trumpets of Revelation 8, 9, and 11. The last trumpet announces the second coming, as we've seen in Revelation 11, verse 15. And the last trumpet also signals the resurrection of the saints, as it tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52. The biblical and historic facts demonstrate that Jesus was not born in the winter, but on or near the Feast of Trumpets 4 B.C. So how did a December 25th celebration come about? Read most any reputable encyclopedia under the subject Christmas, and you will learn the answer. The World Encyclopedia, for example, gives this historic perspective. Quote, The Feast of Saul Invictus on December 25th was a sacred day in the religion of Mithraism, which was widespread in the Roman Empire. Its god Mithras was a solar deity of Persian origin, identified with the sun. It displayed its unconquerability as Saul Invictus when it began to rise higher in the sky following the winter solstice. Hence, December 25th was celebrated as the sun's birthday. In 274 CE, Emperor Aurelian officially designated December 25th as the festival of Saul Invictus, end of quote. Saul Invictus is Latin for the unconquered sun. Jesus and the Apostles observed the Biblical Holy Days and festivals such as the Feast of Trumpets, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles, as we pointed out in previous programs. God's Church continues to hold fast to these vital doctrines of God's Sabbath and Holy Days to this very day, rejecting pagan-derived festivals in favor of those outlined in your Bible. The first century New Testament Church never observed festivals that were based on paganism. 
Even the Catholic Encyclopedia confirms this early rejection of a December celebration. Quote, Christmas was not among the earliest festivals of the church. Irenaeus and Tertullian omit it from their lists of feasts. My friends, the first century church did not observe pagan festivals, but it did follow the example of Jesus and the apostles. Under God's inspiration, the prophet Daniel predicted the ministry of the Messiah and the year it was to begin. One of the major purposes of the Messiah's first coming was to make reconciliation for iniquity. The Messiah, Jesus Christ, shed His blood to reconcile us to God. Romans 5 verse 8 makes that plain. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Do you want to be a part of God's kingdom? Christ will be the King of the kingdom to come, and He will teach warring nations the way to lasting peace. But He will also appoint faithful Christians, the saints, to serve with Him. My friends, will you serve in God's coming kingdom on this earth? If you have your Bible, turn to Revelation, the 20th chapter. What is the reward of the saved? And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark in their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Where will you and the faithful saints be serving and reigning for a thousand years? Regular viewers of Tomorrow's World are familiar with Revelation 5, verse 10, the Song of the Saints. Read it with your own eyes. Revelation 5, verse 10. The saints will become kings and priests to our God. And where will they reign? And we shall reign on the earth. My friends, God is love, and He wants you to be a part of His loving royal family forever. He wants you to be a part of the second coming, to transform this lawless, sin-ridden, warring, wicked world into a prosperous, joy-filled, peaceful world. Your job here on earth in assisting the King of Kings will be to teach the way to peace among families, cities, and nations. Thank God for the exciting vision of tomorrow's world. Read in your own Bible the prophecy on world re-education, Isaiah 2 and verse 2. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Listen to this. He will teach us His ways, and we shall walk in His paths. During the prophesied great tribulation in the day of the Lord, billions of human beings will learn sobering lessons through their suffering. They will finally and sincerely desire God's way of life and peace. And where will they seek that guidance? Jesus Christ will rule all nations from the world capital in Jerusalem. Notice this in Isaiah 2, verse 3. 
For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He, Christ the King of kings, shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. And what will be the inspiring result of God's government and kingdom on earth? Isaiah 2 and verse 4. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. My friends, you need to prepare for your glorious future. You need to prepare for the second coming. To help you in that vital preparation, I'd like to offer you an inspiring, exciting, and vital booklet titled, 14 Signs Announcing Christ's Return. This booklet is free of charge. Will you be taken by surprise, or will you be able to identify the prophetic signs that are ever now beginning to intensify? Listen to these signs from your free booklet. Wars, violence, and lawlessness, earthquakes, and other natural catastrophes, the rise of an aggressive fundamentalist Islamic power, an ascendant European Union seeks global primacy, a powerful religious figure leads a religious revival, and the abomination of desolation. My friends, you need to watch and pray always. This free booklet will help you in your Bible study and your vital preparation for the second coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. To request your free copy, call the number displayed on the screen and ask for 14 signs announcing Christ's return. You can also order online at twcanada.org. Have you ever wondered where is the world headed? What does the future hold for me? Or if morality even matters anymore? Tomorrow's World magazine answers these questions and more, and will also be sent to you free of charge. Call us right now or visit us online to get your free copy of 14 Signs Announcing Christ's Return and Tomorrow's World magazine. On today's program, we briefly discuss the awesome purpose of the Messiah's first coming and the exciting mission for His second coming that will bring peace and prosperity to all nations around the world. Daniel's 70-week prophecy predicted that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would begin His seven-year ministry in 27 A.D. This was the beginning of Daniel's 70th prophetic week. But Jesus was cut off in the middle of that prophetic week, and His three-and-one-half-year ministry ended with the Passover and crucifixion in 31 A.D. Jesus was resurrected after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, just as He predicted in Matthew 12, verse 40. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Many professing Christians deny this sign when they observe a Friday crucifixion and a Sunday morning resurrection. Jesus was placed in the tomb at sunset at the beginning of an annual Sabbath and Holy Day on Wednesday night, April 25, 31 A.D. The annual Sabbath began at sunset Wednesday evening. The Apostle John refers to it as a high day, John 19, verse 31. Therefore, because it was the preparation day that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Jesus was resurrected Saturday night at sunset 
exactly three days and three nights in the tomb, just as he said. Christ is now preparing for his return to this earth as King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus the Messiah will yet fulfill the remaining three and one-half years of his prophesied seven-year ministry when he returns. He will complete all aspects of the 70 weeks prophecy described in Daniel 9, verse 24. One of his major missions will be to establish the new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. That was prophesied in Jeremiah 31, verses 31 and 34, and Hebrews 8, verses 7 through 13. Let's read Jeremiah's account of this remarkable future covenant. Jeremiah 31, verse 33. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. May God speed that day. We look forward to the time when Jerusalem will be the capital of the world. All nations will go up to Jerusalem to worship the Messiah. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came up against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. My friends, we all yearn for the coming kingdom of God. Jesus taught us to pray to our Father in heaven, Your kingdom come. When I read daily news and agonize over the suffering and oppression of so many peoples and nations, I often will cry out to God several times a day for His kingdom to come. Thank God that the Prince of Peace will soon return. He will return in the lifetime of many of you watching this program. Will you be ready? Are you crying out for God's kingdom to come? I pray, my friends, that is your daily prayer as well. Let's look forward to the greatest event in modern history. Let's rejoice in the promise of Christ's second coming and prepare with all our heart and soul. Just as the prophecy outlined in Daniel provided a time setting for Christ's first coming, several prophecies throughout the Bible indicate signs to look for in preparation of His future second coming. Be sure to request your free copy of our inspiring free booklet, 14 Signs Announcing Christ's Return, to learn about these exciting prophecies. And be sure to join us every week on Tomorrow's World. Gerald Weston, Wallace Smith, and I will continue to share with you the teachings of Jesus Christ and the exciting end-time prophecies in their meaning. We'll also explore the awesome truths of the Bible, the deeper meaning of life, and the wonderful promise of tomorrow's world. Be sure to join us again next week right here at the same time. To learn more about today's topic, visit www.twcanada.org. You can also order by calling us at 1-866-784-7895 or by writing to us at Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 409, Mississauga, Ontario, L5M0P6. You will also receive a free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, revealing God's principles for living an abundant and happy life 
while providing insight into current and future events. At our website, you can also watch this and many more Tomorrow's World programs. Call 1-866-784-7895. Write or visit us online today. This program is a production of The Living Church of God.